How do you define, describe, and measure discipleship? Join us for our next edition of Antioch Everywhere. I'm Dwayne Hawkins, your host and pastor of Antioch. Thanks for joining us. Today's intro question is a good one. How do you define, describe, and measure discipleship? But before we get started, let's pause for some praise. So why should you go about the business of defining, describing, and measuring discipleship? It's a challenging notion to undertake. So why should you do it? I believe the answer is because discipleship is intentional activity. It doesn't just happen. It is intentional activity. So let me give you my definition of Christian education. Christian education is an intentional process guided by the Holy Spirit designed to produce mature disciples. Let me say it again. Christian education is an intentional process guided by the Holy Spirit designed to produce mature disciples. So taking that definition, it leads us to conclude that this process requires assessing, which is analysis plus evaluation. Analysis has to do with collecting data and information, and evaluation is when you compare that information against an established criteria. So it does require some assessing to know where we are in light of where we ought to be. So from that perspective and from that foundation, then it moves to a planning stage where you can actually plan out how you're going to go about this process Uh, which is, again, guided by the Holy Spirit designed to produce mature disciples. And after you plan this process of discipleship, then it requires some execution. You actually have to put the plan into action. You have to do something with your plans. And then finally, it requires evaluation. When you get a chance to look at what you're doing and measure it against your goals and see if you're making progress and make adjustments along the way. So how should you go about coming up with this definition of discipleship? Uh, And it's important to do that because if you don't identify the target, how are you going to know if you're hitting it? You have to look to the life of Jesus Christ in order to come up with this definition of discipleship or, or, or describing what it looks like. And so once you start with the life of Jesus, then you can broaden it out a little bit further and look at the teachings of Scripture as a whole. Second Timothy three verses 16 and 17 say all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. After looking at the teachings of Scripture and the life of Jesus, then I believe it's proper to look at denominational distinctives. Uh, And and when I talk about those distinctives, I'm not talking about denominational distinctives in terms of practice. 
I'm referring to denominational distinctives in terms of beliefs and in particular biblical beliefs. And so then there's also opportunity to look at the individual local church mission and vision. And so I think those are the elements that come up with the description of discipleship, the life of Jesus, the teachings of scripture, denominational distinctives, and local church mission and vision. So now let's kind of take our stab at it and try to define discipleship. And again, we're going to define discipleship in relationship to Jesus. There's several different images that are at our disposal that I think are very appropriate for communicating what discipleship is. One is that of a learner. The next image is that of a pupil or a student. And I think another one that is important for us to take a look at is that of imitator of Jesus. So a disciple is one who's learning, who's a student. They sit at the feet of Jesus and they imitate him by the power and aid of the Holy Spirit. John chapter three, verse 30 says, he must increase, but I must decrease. So if we define discipleship in relationship to Jesus, that of a learner, a pupil, a student, or an imitator of Jesus, then we can begin to describe what does a disciple actually look like in practical terms. We've we've got to uh, start with defining discipleship and what is a disciple, and then we've got to paint the bullseye. We've got to paint the target. We've got to get it in our sights as to what does a disciple look like. And this is just one attempt amongst many, but I'm going to take a stab at it today and kind of give you an approach so that you can describe discipleship. And this foundational approach will become crucial in terms of programming and processes and measurements and all of those things that need to take place. So I want to describe discipleship in really three different domains. The first domain is the head, and that has to do with what disciples should know and understand. The next dimension is their heart, and that has to do with the internal disposition of the disciple on the inside. And then finally, their hands. And I really want to define that in two different categories. First, what I'm calling corporate activity, those actions that are guided and really founded out of the work of the local church, and then their hands in terms of individual skills that ought to be developed. And when we look at all of those together, then I believe we can get an accurate picture of really seeing what a disciple actually looks like. So let's start with their head. What are the things that disciples should know and understand? Well, I believe it starts off with salvation. Every follower, every imitator, every pupil or student of Jesus Christ ought to know how that relationship came about in the first place. So the first thing that a disciple should know is salvation, in particular, the plan of salvation, which is centered around the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. And so after salvation, the next thing in that head category, the things that disciples should know and understand is the Bible. Just fundamentally, the structure 
and the storyline of the Bible. It's vitally important. It's a necessary building block of discipleship to understand the structure and the storyline of the Bible. Built on that, there are particular teachings that I want to call biblical doctrine, uh, what the Bible says about major topics that form the foundation of our relationship with the Lord and our growth as a disciple, our maturity. And in Baptist churches, most of them will trace that back to a doctrine that's referred to as the Articles of Faith. Those articles provide an introductory foundational teaching that take place in the Bible that form the foundation of our relationship with God and our Christian growth, our discipleship. Built upon the biblical doctrine, uh, which is found in the Articles of Faith, there are particular distinctives, as I mentioned before, Baptist distinctives. There's a really nice acronym for the word Baptist, B-A-P-T-I-S-T. And each letter stands for a particular aspect of Baptist distinctives. And so the last one in this head category has to do with the local church, in particular, the mission, vision, values, as well as strategic plans of the local church. I believe it is crucial that every follower, pupil, student, imitator of Jesus Christ know the plan of salvation, the structure and storyline of the Bible, Baptist doctrine, uh, biblical doctrine, Baptist distinctives, if you're a Baptist church, and the mission, vision, values, and strategic plans of that particular local church. So let's move to the next category, which is the heart of a disciple. What are the dispositions of the heart of the disciple that are characteristic of mature followers of Jesus Christ? Well, there's so many to list, but the Bible really helps us out in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, Now abideth in these three, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And so I want to suggest that at the core of it all, the, the heart of the disciple has to be a heart of faith. Now, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God and hope uh, that future expectation of a brighter tomorrow. And then the greatest of them, the Bible says, is love. And so those three things characterize the heart of a disciple, faith, hope, and love. And then finally, let's move to the hands of a disciple. What are those corporate engaging activities that the local church promotes in order to be about the process of disciple making. I believe that there are a handful of them. The first one is regular worship. The second one is genuine fellowship. The third one is Christian education. The fourth one is meaningful ministry. The fifth one is effective evangelism. And the sixth one is persistent prayer, worship, fellowship, Christian education, ministry, evangelism, and prayer. These fundamental activities provide the foundational activities of the local church 
as recorded in Acts chapter 2, right around verse 42 on through the end of the chapter, where we see the local church at its early onset and the things that were important and the functions that they engage in. It was descriptive of what the local church looks like. But as you uh, read on through the rest of the New Testament and you look into the epistles, the things that were described in the book of Acts, we find they are prescribed in the epistles. And so they actually become things that we are instructed to do. Again, regular worship, genuine fellowship, Christian education, meaningful ministry, effective evangelism, and persistent prayer. These are the bedrock of local church activity. And uh, it is my belief that the more the members of the local church engage in these corporate activities, uh, the higher the likelihood is they'll find themselves growing as a disciple. Praise be unto God. But it's not just corporate activity in terms of those six functions of worship, fellowship, Christian education, ministry, evangelism, and prayer. They are connected with, joined to individual skills that ought to be taught so that believers can add to that corporate activity these specific individual skills. And there are six of them that I want to suggest that are foundational to discipleship. The first one is to discern and respond to the voice of God. The ability to know when God speaks is an important skill for a disciple. The next one after discerning and responding to the voice of God is the engagement in what I want to call spiritual disciplines. These activities that we do to position ourselves to receive of the grace of God as an acknowledgement of our weakness, not as a demonstration of our strength. Things like prayer, things like Bible study, things like confession, things like evangelism, things like solitude and silence and all of those disciplines that we engage in to acknowledge an area of weakness and to position ourselves to receive of the grace of God, which brings about the change. So discern and respond to the voice of God, engage in spiritual disciplines, supporting the local church financially is a vital one that disciples ought to engage in. After that is the sharing of your faith. It's one thing to know and understand the plan of salvation. It's a whole nother notion to develop the skill of sharing your relationship with God with another individual. The fifth one has to do with discovering and developing your spiritual gifts. The Bible says that each one, each individual believer has been granted by God, the grace of God, a supernatural ability to perform in a certain area for the benefit of the body as a whole. Those gifts are given to every believer and not one believer has all of the gifts, but every believer has at least one gift, which brings us together so that we can work together for the benefit and the uplifting of the body of Christ. 
And then the sixth one has to do with responding to difficulty with joy. All the rest of them were proactive things, discerning and responding to the voice of God, engaging in spiritual disciplines, supporting the church, sharing your faith, discovering and developing your spiritual gifts. But this last one is a reactive one, uh, that in all of our lives, uh, rain is going to fall. We're going to experience difficulties and hardships and how we respond to them is a mark of maturity. It demonstrates on the outside what's present on the inside. And so there is this wonderful uh, grid of describing and evaluating discipleship from the things disciples should know and understand. Those things are taught in the local church. Uh, what's in the heart of disciple, those things are developed as you engage in activity and teaching, then those things of the heart are developed, faith, hope, and love. And then the corporate activity of the church, worship, fellowship, Christian education, meaningful ministry, evangelism, and prayer. And then finally, the individual skills of a disciple, discerning and responding to the voice of God, engaging in spiritual disciplines, supporting the church financially, sharing your faith, discovering and developing your spiritual gifts, and then finally responding to difficulty with joy. There's a passage of scripture that I want to end with that really is my favorite passage of scripture when it comes to the process of disciple making or Christian education. It's found in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 29. It says these words, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And so I say to you, my fellow Christian educators and those that are engaging in the work of discipleship, keep toiling, keep struggling with every ounce of energy that God gives you. It is a worthwhile effort to engage in the work of maturing disciples. That's all for today. Join us next time for another episode of Antioch Everywhere. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in supporting or joining the Antioch Everywhere community, you can contact us on our church website, www.weareantiochomaha.org. 
and may the peace of God be unto you.